Welcome to Sex, Love, and Psych, a podcast where I will be interviewing folks from a variety of backgrounds and perspectives to educate, inspire, and expand our worldviews. Welcome to Sex, Love, and Psych. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Not a problem. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, any pronouns. Of course. Uh, my name is Tilda Worldends. My pronouns are she, they, and I am a drag performer in um, Edmonton. That's wonderful. Thank you for coming on. Um, so, who is Tilda World Ends? How did Tilda World Ends come to be? Um, so, Tilda is Edmonton's premier quotation mark sad clown. Um, I uh, am I'm a very campy theatrical performer. Um, although I like to do a little bit of everything. Like it, I love I love so many aspects of drag that like I want to include as much as I can in in my performances and in my style. I started, like, I start, as many people do, um, I discovered Drag Through Drag Race um, when I was in high school and was, like, obsessed with it and really wanted to do it. But at the time um, that I started watching it, it was around the time that um, RuPaul came out and said that people who, like, specifically trans women, but cis women, AFAB people in general, would probably never be allowed on the show. And I thought, oh, I guess drag is only for specific people. Um, since especially there wasn't a ton of people that I knew of that were AFAB or women uh, like who did drag. So it took me a little while until I discovered actually the Edmonton drag scene and realized it's a lot more diverse than I expected and that anyone can do drag. And so I kind of made a pledge that when I moved to Edmonton, I would start doing drag. And during the middle of the pandemic, I said, fuck it, we're going to do this. So now here we are. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember seeing you starting posting, like, during the pandemic. Yes. So was that a lot of people had pandemic, like, hobbies and new interests. Oh, yes. So I guess that was kind of yours. It was, yeah. There was actually, like, a pretty like a pretty big quarantine scene, like, a digital drag scene of people who started in the middle of the pandemic who ended up doing just drag music videos. And a lot of us have transitioned into doing live drag. And it's so really, it's been, it was really lovely to make a family through that, so... Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of some live shows, you have some shows coming up? I do. So um, on February 11th, um, I do a lot of work with an organization called the Imperial Sovereign Court of the Wild Rose, also known as the ISCWR. Um, I am their current Ace of Hearts, which is their gender-neutral Valentine's Day title. And on the 11th, I, along with um, the two Queen of Hearts that are currently reigning, will be stepping down and will be crowning new title holders. So that's really exciting. And then six days after that um, is the third installment of a sh recurring show that I do with one of my best friends. Um, their name is Venus. Uh, it's called Sapphic Panic, and it is a all-Sapphic cast. So it will be um, a cast of, of women identifying performers as well as AFAB non-binary and trans mass performers who identify on the Sapphic spectrum. So a lesbian, bi, queer, pan. It'll just be a night of just sapphic joy and doing uh, numbers by queer um, artists. It's going to be a really amazing time. Awesome. So where are these shows? How can people get tickets? Um, so both of those shows are at Evolution Wonderland, which is the only queer bar in Edmonton. Um, you can get tickets through either um, Evo's pages. Um, Evo on Facebook has all of their our ticket links there or on my uh, Instagram in my bio. Um, my Instagram is at tilda.worldends. Gonna put a little plug in. So. Yeah, plug. Plug away. 
Uh, so you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but like when people think of drag, they jump to RuPaul, they jump to the cis men as exaggerated feminine characters, but that's clearly not always the case. That's is your sapphic panic and your own journey. So, like, can you expand more on the world of drag beyond cis men? Um, yeah, of course. Um, so, the image and drag scene, I would say, is actually a really amazing representation of what drag can be. And it's, it is unfortunate, unfortunately, that Drag Race does not highlight the, um, not just, like, specific gender identities, but also specific styles. You know, Drag Race is very polished, very, you know, looking like a woman. And... Drag in general is just not that. It is also it is all it can be anything and everything really. Drag is an art and art is for everyone and and the Edmonton drag scene especially is an amazing representation of that. We have people in the scene who are across all gender identities who do all different kinds of drag. I've seen, you know, the polish, the pageantry drag that drag race shows, but I've also seen people who do like more like emo horror alt drag i've seen people who do who just about really anything it's drag like i said is an art and art can be anything and can be for everyone and it is really lovely to see a scene so opening so open about that so yeah that's amazing because yeah we definitely a lot of even the people who aren't queer, LGBT, mm-hmm. they might just get that very like, narrow scope of what drag can be because they see just RuPaul right. or just like the occasional TikTok drag performer mm-hmm. that is also very like performative and polished. So yeah, that's really cool to hear kind of more about the variety and emo horror. Like there's probably something out there for oh, any yeah. kind there, of audience. There definitely is something for everybody like drag in general uh, like should be for everybody and um there is just you know there's people who do more you know bright silly colorful stuff and then there's also people who just do the most strange things that i have seen in a bar i've seen people eat worms on stage oh. it's it's wild it can be a wild time sometimes amazing so you've mentioned that you've and in our previous conversations, even, you've found a lot of yourself mm-hmm. and your own gender identity and gender expression through becoming this kind of, like, sad clown character. So do you want to expand, like, more on that and that journey for you? Yeah, of course. It's kind of twofold, drag has been. At first, um, drag was kind of a way of reclaiming myself and reclaiming the parts of me that I didn't love and the parts of me that people kind of shamed me for. I was always too much. I was always too weird, too dramatic. Too, just too many things for a lot of people. And it, you know, it, it was a burden for me to always kind of feel like I was never going to belong. And then I started doing drag and started really finding pieces of myself that I thought I had lost, um, especially through doing um, burlesque. I've done a few um, burlesque numbers in drag and it's kind of helped me reclaim my body since a lot of people who were, who grew up um, as women, you know, we have a, uh, I have a very difficult uh, relationship with my body and a very difficult relationship with being sexual and with being um, open about like what I like what I look like basically. And so doing that has really helped me. Um, on the other side, drag has also really helped me with my gender identity. Like when I first, like for the longest time, I identified as a woman, and I thought because I am typically very femme. I cannot be anything else. Like, um, really, my only interactions with people who are non-binary are people who 
were on testosterone, who had cut their hair, who were presenting androgynous, and that wasn't, it, it still isn't really what I want. And so I thought, well, I can't be, I cannot be non-binary or anything. Like, these thoughts that I'm having, like, that, that they don't matter because, like, I don't want these things, so I cannot be non-binary. And it really wasn't until I started dressing like a clown that I realized, no, there is so much more to it. There's so much more to gender than just appearance by having that notion that, you know, these specific things of having short hair and dressing masculine. I was still like putting that towards making it gendered. I was still making this idea of being masked into a gendered thing. And I realized that non-binary can be anything. It can be really be everything. And drag in a way has kind of led, had me feel a little more free and like made me feel a little more comfortable in how I feel out of drag. I don't always feel like I have to be a hundred percent femme all the time now. And it's been really, it's been a really lovely release of being like, I can dress however I feel and feel comfortable and identify however I feel and feel comfortable. And that is a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. That is awesome. More than okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of for you, non-binary and drag have both been kind of like this journey of a very narrow introduction, but then kind of expanding to see that both of those titles can go to kind of anyone. Oh yes, ex- exactly. Like I know so many non-binary femmes in this in the drag scene in my life, really, who have really like opened my eyes to how gender and expression um, can be limitless. Uh, so for those who have never actually been to a drag show, maybe they've seen RuPaul, maybe they haven't, yeah. but like what kind of is the experience like? Um, the experience, um, depending on like the, in, like the venue, it can be a little different, but typically it is very much a welcoming experience. Um, everybody, like typically at venues, it is made sure that like consent is mandatory for not just performers but also for audience members that everybody is welcome no matter what they identify as and that um respect is just is is mandatory like we have to respect and not only the people in the audience but we have to respect our fellow performers whether you're in the audience or not um at shows it it depends sometimes we are like at venues where we tend to roam so we will like be going around the venue performing um, typically at show at places like Evolution, um, you were like on a stage and like people will go and tip you. What else? What else, <laughs> what else can I say? Um, it it definitely um, in the Edmonton drag scene, we always make sure that our shows are diverse and that they include um, a variety of performers and a variety of people of different identities. You will never see like shows that are all white. You will never see a show that is all cis men. You will see people of all identities and all drag expressions in these shows typically. And um, it's kind of what we always strive for. We always strive to be inclusive and to make sure that people, like people can tell their stories and it's not just one specific person. It's kind of, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier about how drag is limitless and drag is for everyone. And it, especially in the Edmonton drag scene, we make sure that everyone is heard, so. Amazing. Uh, would you have any advice for someone who's, like, debating getting into drag or, like, how to start that kind of stuff? Just do it. Honestly, just, <laughs> just do it. I literally was in my, um, in my mother's, her bathroom, just, like, at midnight, because I can't sleep, just <laughs> doing my makeup, just practicing seeing what works and, like, posting on, on Instagram and seeing the response and, like, just going from there. And also, I think my, my big thing is, 
not just do it, but also go out and don't be afraid to come to shows and drag. Don't be afraid to talk to performers. Trust me, we all seem scary. We are actually all just very anxious and very, um, very much like we, when people say, oh my God, I'm so inspired by you. We're all like, what? Why? It's just like it's, we're all very, we're all very much as nervous as you probably think are. So do not worry about uh, trying to create relationships in this in the city. We are all very accepting and we all want to see people succeed. We all are here to help you. So Awesome. So basically just go out, do it, talk to people in the community. Exactly, yeah. Just go out there. So recently, I want to say, yeah, it's fairly recently, we've seen the drag story times, which have been around for a while, mm-hmm. but more recently we're seeing that protest we're seeing the controversy we're seeing the protect the children and all of that kind of discourse so what is your side your kind of outlook on this my outlook on this is really these people are like they're afraid of what they don't know like let's be real conservatives are afraid of anything that goes beyond their small scope of the world and I know this, I have many people in my life who either were conservative or conservative. And I have a lot, but I have a lot of family members, a lot of people in my life who either were conservative or are conservative. And really it is that fear of like the unknown, the fear of change, the fear of, of like things prog- being progressive progress- and progressing in life that they are afraid of. And they think that, that the only way to they think that the only way to stop it is by is not accepting it um and they think that it is better to stop change and make it a like make the world a more closed-minded place than to try and ex- be like understand and be accepting and it it genuinely is a scary time honestly for a lot of drag performers um very recently actually there was a all ages show that happened um at a church that this one um, specific um, group called Dragon Youth does shows every month and they are all ages show. They they allow people who are are, like in their teens to even do drag. And it was, there was a protest that happened and a protester got into a, into the show and took videos and photos, which were prohibited by like performers were not allowed to take photos or videos at this event because of, you know, the fear of the protests. Mm-hmm. And a protester got in, took photos and videos of a friend of mine, actually, and posted them to a far-right site calling, just saying very fatphobic and awful things, calling the performers groomers. And it, it's tough to watch because I don't know anyone who does these events who would hurt people. Like, and we we are not groomers. We are not uh, trying. We are not trying to indoctrinate your children. We are just trying to make it... So that people can feel like they are accepted and that they can live their life the way they feel is comfortable without this shame and without, without this hurt. I know that I grew up and like had a lot of issues with like myself and not accepting like my identity for a very long time because there was always this idea that like I wasn't good enough and that I was like not... Uh, like, I would not be accepted by the people in my life. And I know too many people who have that very, who had that very same feeling growing up. And we are just wanting to make it feel, so that the next generation does not have to feel that way. And it's unfortunate that there are these protesters still thinking that 
by making this noise, by making it the like trying to make the world a more closed-minded place, that that is what's going to help people. It's far from it. It's only going to make people feel worse. Yeah, absolutely. There definitely seems to be a lot of like misinformation, and yeah, that kind of fear of the unknown and yeah. fear of I don't know if we're taking RuPaul. It's a pretty exaggerated, sometimes sexualized like performance of drag but a lot of people see that and they're like that's the only drag that's happening that's what they're trying to teach my children oh yeah and like these all ages shows you will not see people do like these sexual like like numbers we know what numbers work best for what audience like you will not see like a super sexual number on all ages show you will see like like uh like i know a lot of people who do like disney stuff and at these shows and who do more like like kid-friendly numbers and because we just like other entertainers like singers or actors like we know what fits each audience we like we are not going we are not trying to make drag just like a sexual thing there is just a lot but like also i feel like that idea that um drag is sexual is just a continuation of this idea that queer people are somehow more sexual somehow how identity queer identities and trans identities are this sexual thing and when in reality we are just all people mm-hmm. we are all just us uh, trying to you know spread joy and like we are all just people and we are all wanting to just entertain and you know it is it, it it's this narrative genuinely does hurt to hear because the people in my life who have been affected by this it's hurt them gen it has genuinely hurt them and it it honestly takes a lot out of me to talk about this because I just get very heated and very angry about it. Like, yeah, that's very reasonable. But really, I guess my message to anyone who thinks that these all-ages shows are just indoctrinating, no, it's not. We are just trying to entertain and make it so that the children who will eventually become adults and become their own people can see that being queer, being, being trans, being, being a, perform- like a drag performer is okay. And that you can be happy and you can and be yourself or you can be happy being yourself. And that's what matters the most. So. Yeah, I think that's a great message. And yeah, bringing protests and politics to something like a storybook reading by someone in an exaggerated costume. Literally. And like... Like, especially when they bring their own children to it is a little, it makes, it makes me a little sad because like, you're just teaching these children that if they happen to be queer or happen to be trans, that they're not going to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And even if they do, that they do end up being like cis straight, that they will still have that mentality of like, this is wrong. This is different. This isn't okay. Yeah. And yeah, mostly just breeds more hate or mistrust or insecurity even in their own futures for sure i know i've talked about that a couple times of just like like the whole think of the children narrative blows my mind because like that's what people are doing exactly they're They're... thinking of the queer children Mm -hmm. who want to be happy being themselves they're thinking of the maybe cis hetero children Mm -hmm. but just creating more tolerance in those children exactly they the, the people, the children who come to these shows, and, like, I've done quite a bit of, like, all-ages shows. I've done brunches where there have been children present. I've done, like, pride events in Fort Saskatchewan where children have been present. And they love it. They're like, oh, my God. It's like it's like seeing a Disney princess. It's like seeing mm-hmm. this, like, create this creative, like, 
like human just like dressed up and it's so cool to them and like it ends up broadening their mindset and ends up showing them that like these things are normal and that they are not just normal they are amazing and they are are something that they like they are joyous and it's something that I I know that growing up I wish I had had but I'm glad that in a small way I and the people in my life can be that like can help with like can be a part of that for somebody else yeah I think that's a lovely positive note to kind of wrap it up (laughs) on I know that yeah the whole controversy and discourse is very unsettling Mm. and frustrating for a lot of people and I bet it's even exaggerated in the drag community even more um so I guess we could end re-summarize like the shows that you have coming up you can plug whatever social media you have so go ahead um yeah so if you want to find me I am on instagram at tilda.worldends I'm also on tiktok and twitter but I use it very infrequently I think my tiktok is just at tildaworldends and my twitter is at tildaworldgeg y-e-g and you can find me in February at the Lonely Hearts pageant on February 11th and Sapphic Panic 3 Lesbianist um, on February 17th at Evolution Wonder Lounge. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing about the Edmonton drag scene, your own story, all of that. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And that was another episode of Sex, Love, and Psych. Thank you to my guest for their vulnerability, courage, and sharing their experience and knowledge with us. And thank you to you, my listeners, for tuning in and always being there and willing to learn.